was thinking about it, Patrick. Was bait mm. a dream? Was bait a dream? Oh, <laughs> was, maybe. Has it receded back to is this a real movie? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like, can dreams be that, like, uh, I guess dreams can be really generic. <laughs> <laughs> both, both, both vivid and generic. Both vivid, that is true. There are some vivid moments of bait. I'll give bait its due. There are, there are some moments where it's like, this is insane. And all these new listeners lately, it's like, welcome to our show. We're so happy to have you. Now, bait. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Introducing bait. Yeah, we're gonna talk about bait now. Yeah, <laughs> the the quixotic adventures of Franklin Bait. Jake Bait is at it again. <laughs> Jake, oh wait, Al- Alvin. Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> the squeakle. The squeakle. Hello yeah. and welcome to the award-winning podcast, the Academy Academy, the Squeakle, the show that discovers the absolute, <laughs> undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson, and I'm Patrick Gremion, and I'm currently, uh, you know, hey, I've once, I once podcasted with the, an arrow in my <laughs> testicles for two days. <laughs> Yeah. And it, Liam Neeson's here and he's playing everyone's like dad trainer, which was his job in 2005. Yeah, he's Welcome like, to the Academy. Welcome to the Academy. He's, he's like, it's so funny. I one of my notes is he's he just like being his character from Batman Begins. Oh, Batman Begins, Gangs of New York. Um he was there was one more that I came up with that he was that he was doing this. Oh, Star Wars. The Phantom yeah. Menace. Same yeah, deal. Qui-Gon. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's favorite character, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, you, you remember Qui-Gon. America had Qui-Gon fever. <laughs> in, in, in 1999, on the tip of everyone's tongues was, they were talking about two things, the Clinton administration and Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> Talk about the, the Kyoto uh, protocol and Qui-Gon. I, I, I think I'm too sick to do any impersonations oh uh, same was, here i was about to do Liam Neeson, then i was about to do bill clinton yeah I, like, oh, I, I, I got neither right now i can't do either right oh now. no i feel like i'm dying to, like i uh just to peek behind the curtain folks we're both uh tired and sick boys yeah there's illness everywhere we're all dying we're both we're, we're both wearing silver surfer masks right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're all yeah, we'll talk we're about why we'll talk about that having some meaning in a little bit here. Oh uh, man, that outfit was so cool. I know. Like I was having fun. Edward Norton was having fun. Yeah, he's good in this movie. Mm, yes. hundred yeah, percent. A lot of good in this movie. I yeah, a lot did. of good in this movie. All right, we're talking Kingdom of Heaven, historical epic drama mm. from two thousand five this week. We are back in the zone with one Ridley Josephine Scott. I don't know oh. what his middle name is. What's his middle... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Alonzo. I don't know. Uh, he, uh, uh, at least according to Wikipedia, he just I don't see a middle name. Never revealed it. Secrets. He's <laughs> tell us the middle name, Ridley. <laughs> Hashtag release the middle name cut. It's Denise. We know it's Denise. We know it's Royal. Ridley yeah. Royal Scott. Yeah, it's probably like <laughs> Mussolini. <or something. laughs> no, I hope he not. doesn't want to reveal it. 
<laughs> no. All right. No. So, with, so with Ridley Mussolini, Scott, his parents gave him dictators. All <laughs> Tony's middle name was Genghis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Genghis. Uh... Scott. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Yeah. So, uh, Ridley is coming off of Matchstick Men, as we covered a few weeks ago. A mild, a mild movie. Let's call it mild. Just yeah. in general, reaction, box office, just in general, like tone, mild mm-hmm. movie. Just he's not so mild this week. He's no. <laughs> he's getting into he's getting into it, and getting deep this week, and he he's so, he's pulled out the herbs de Provence and the zatar. Indeed, indeed. It, are we go and tell the people speak Italian only, and then go further. That's where we're going this week. <laughs> uh, so he had been working on, we had mentioned it previously around the Gladiator episode, uh, that he'd been working on this project called Tripoli for a long time. And the screenwriter on that project was a guy named William Monahan. Now, um, William Monahan is probably best known for adapting and winning the Academy Award for writing The Departed. Uh, but he is a uh, Boston, Boston boy, mm-hmm. born and bred, uh, born in the year uh, the year 1960. Mm-hmm. Attended uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst. Uh, was a journalist for quite a while until he got into the screenwriting game. Because as most people know, as who are writers, the the best money and the least amount of work is screenwriting. <laughs> 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 you kind of have to sell your soul, but. You get a nice house out of it. And I'm sure Mr. Monaghan has a very, very nice house. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But the house. his like, big passion, his big passion mm-hmm. is history. And in particular, the history of the era in the film that we're talking about this week, Kingdom of Heaven. The Crusades, Middle Ages, Knights of the Round Table kind of stuff. He apparently reads and does his research in Latin. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, that's a, that's, that is a uh, so he like is completely or not completely, but at least semi fluent in Latin. That is like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, and yeah. He so he wrote a spec script uh, called Tripoli uh, that did sell. Ridley Scott wanted to do it, and both wanted like. Um, Both like are like interested in this time mm-hmm. period. Tripoli proved to be incredibly expensive. Ridley wanted his good friend Russell Crowe to be the lead of it. There was also a possibility of a Russell Crowe cameo that couldn't be set up in this film. That wow. you may have you may have read about as King as uh, King Richard at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, would have been thumbs up. I would have liked you like when Sean Connery shows up in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves in the role. You're also stoked. <laughs> or I is it... Am I right on that? I I feel uh, like I'm. I feel like I'm like totally wrong on that. Maybe <laughs> so, I don't know. I like I like it. Sounds right. Like that was one feels, thing I did. Think... It feels right. Yeah. To quote yeah, it Stephen, is. it is. I am right. I am right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Hey, to, to quote Stephen Tobolowsky, it has the ring of truth. It feels like a hundred. Maybe even <laughs> if it was like it feels like something that would because like you watch Kingdom of Heaven. 
And that was one thing that kind of like fluttered through my mind. I was like, if this movie was shot like 20 years ago or. Okay. So here's here's the deal. He plays King Mm -hmm. Richard in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He plays King Arthur in First Night with Richard Gere that came out a couple years after Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And I was confusing the two movies. Easy to do. Because both Robin Hood has Kevin Costner playing a British guy. And First Night has Richard Gere playing a British guy. Neither. Stretch. Yeah. Neither, but, but both are st- guys who we, but we, we're on the record of liking Costner and liking Gear. But it's, it's, it is a stretch of the imagination, too. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Although, I, I think, like, with with age, Richard Gere has become, like, a better... Uh, like, have you ever seen Norman, The Moderate Rise and Tragic Fall of a New York Yeah. I think that, like, yeah, I think he's be like, because he's aged out of being pretty boy. Yeah, he's not in hunk mode anymore. Yeah, he's in what, uh, what a quirky old what, guy. What a hunk that guy was, though. Jeez. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's majestic. He, he's, and also he's like majestically, he's gracefully gone from like hunk to foxy grandpa. Like he's, yeah, he, it's he's really like the, the dream. It's the dream. Yeah, yeah. the Dolce Vita. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. We quote our friends in the, uh, you know, in uh, the by the Italian speaking parts of the world. Yeah, yeah, but you don't stop there if you're going to be a crusader. Nah, Although I would, I, I definitely feel if you and I were going on the crusades, we'd like end up there and they'd be like, hey, if you want to hang out and have some pasta, and we'd never leave. We'd be like, forget the crusades existed. We'd be drinking, <laughs> be drinking cappuccinos, eating pasta, like, you know, the rest it's of our like, lives. It's like when we wanted to go to Mississippi. It's like, yeah, this, the food's great. <laughs> yeah, it's <is> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We were playing, we were playing trivia on YouTube. So we do that for like relaxation. <laughs> we play the trivia games they have on there, and we did this like logos one where it was like name the logo. All I could deal, I got like all the tech stuff wrong. Mm. But if it was a soda or a fast food, it's like right there. <laughs> I love that you're like, it's like you know, uh, quiz bowl teams. You got the history guy. Yeah, you've got the, the, you got the guy. guy. Got you're the soda, soda guy. guy. You're, you're the ringer for when it comes to soda and fast food. Burger King never made a burger like that. <laughs> like That's a lie. False. <laughs> Training. Someone's like crinkling wrappers next to your ear and you're like Baconator. Baconator. Yeah, Baconator. You can tell by the grease. Uh, yeah. Grease content in the paper. The answer, <laughs> Wendy's. The answer, yeah. yeah, you want for yeah, your school. Won, yeah. <laughs> That's what I learned at school. It's you like... can go to Harvard now. The answer, French fries. <laughs> People are just like going insane. It's like a makes like me a... feel so bad talking about William Monahan reading Latin, thinking about history, and I'm like, I really miss the bacon. <laughs> Yeah, I'd really go for a, a hula burger. Yeah, I know. It's like, what if, what if they put, like, different, like, what, what would strawberries be like on a cheeseburger? Would that work? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They should hire me at the test kitchens at McDonald's. Yeah, I mean. like, McDonald's ever put peanut butter on a burger? Because that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, that, peanut butter is, on a burger? Not good. bad. It is good, yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, they got to chatting, and... Uh, Ridley Scott said he wanted to make a movie about knights. I want to mm. refer to that. 
and Monahan suggested the crusade set, uh, setting reasoning. You've got every conceivable plot imaginable there, which is far more exotic than fiction. Scott was captivated and hired him to write what became King of, Kingdom of Heaven. Tripoli was shelved, and apparently um, Monaghan has retained ownership on Tripoli. So it could possibly, I mean, we might be seeing it happen now if some of these, like, they're making a bunch. They're like, I saw Roland Emmerich's making a Gladiator show. Ridley Scott's making Gladiator 2. Ooh. Maybe, maybe we're gonna. Maybe it's good. Maybe we're coming. Maybe the pendulum is swinging back to our the historical epic. Dude, bring back sword and sandals. Bring back, uh, you know, stodgy old knights uh, around a round table. I'm good. I'm ready. I am so. I'm so set. Especially if they get to be as like violent and gratuitous as this movie as we this watched movie today. Is. Yeah, uh, Monaghan is still cooking though. Uh, wrote the tender bar for the clune dog. The, a few years ago, and then uh, just wrote Marlowe, the Liam Neeson, Philip Marlowe movie that just dropped. Uh, is that any good? I've heard things about. It. I kind of want to. I feel like, yeah, I, I want to see that. I feel like Liam Neeson's like, I don't know if he's like the right fit for that type of character, but I, I like Liam Neeson, so I'd be willing to like let him see how those yeah. pants look on him or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I give it a, I give it a shot. Show us the pants. Show us, the show us the pants. Show us the show us the pants, Liam. <laughs> show us the pants, Liam. Uh, but so they <laughs> wound up with doing uh, putting together Kingdom of Heaven, uh, mm. our movie this week. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven. The basic story is that uh, we meet in the year 1184. Valiant, mm. a blacksmith, haunted blacksmith, who um, is almost unwittingly and without really any like say himself thrown into becoming going on the crusades mm -hmm. heading to it, uh, uh jerusalem and then becoming a um god warrior king of the yeah of the people who are um have staked a claim on jerusalem whether he's fighting for the right cause you know historically you can you can decide, but yeah. it's, it's, it's this epic story of this guy, this, this, this lonely, sad man who becomes a warrior king, essentially, and kind of his, his journey throughout this process, through the politics of the era, which are um, complicated. This movie tries to make them not particularly complicated, I think, uh, which is some of the criticisms against this movie, but, um, mm. you know, it is an epic story full of battles and intrigue and everything in between um, is kind of what they came with what these guys came to. And I, you know, I saw this movie, this movie came out in 2005. Mm -hmm. I saw it on DVD mm. uh, when it came out, rented it from the old Hollywood video. Ooh, I mean, I love Hollywood video. Here's my hot take. Hollywood video is always better than blockbuster, man. Hollywood, that's like, I know, I know some people love the the, the blockbuster or whatever, although that nostalgia for that is kind of weird. It, it, well, yeah, they're neither of them are like. No, and Hollywood's bad, too. Don't give me. Yeah, yeah I think it's just kind of they, they were convenient. And but it, there was like, 
I do like uh, the video store in general, regardless of which one is so great because it is kind of like you have to make a decision. You don't have like the like paralysis that you have when you're like flipping through pictures on the streaming yeah. service. So many It's like times, yeah, I'm you stuck have to keep. with I'm stuck with Kingdom of Heaven tonight. This is Yeah. what we are watching tonight. We have made Yeah. a choice. We're sitting through it. It's like, oh, I I shouldn't have rented you, me, and Dupree. I fucked up. I guess this is what we're watching for the next four days. We're gonna have to. <laughs> you watch Dupree enough though that it's like ingrained in your brain and it exists. You talk to some zoomer, they're like, Who's Dupree? <laughs> Like Dupree's this goof. He's this goofy guy. you don't know what a Dupree the 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 classic trope, the Dupree, your 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 goofy friend that moves in to live with you. <laughs> Charms everyone but you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone, he's kind of like a, you know, a, a Lothario, but he's also has a soft side. Yeah, everyone has a Dupree It's so in their weird, life, good boy. like, Matt Dillon's best friends are Bill Hader and um, Seth Rogen, I think. And it's like, Yes. those guys are like 20 years younger than you, man. <laughs> like... Oh, no, yeah, it's like, it's so funny watching, like, Seth Rogen in that movie, because he's, like, wearing, like, a suit, and he has, Yeah, like, I they're know. trying to make him look older. I know. And it's very weird. <laughs> It is very, Seth, like... Seth Rogen's like exactly my age, so I was like, I wouldn't hang out. I'm not hanging out with Matt Dillon. Yeah, this is... This is an odd... Yeah, this is... Yeah, Seth Rogen... This is a role that should be played by someone uh, of, in, of comparable... Like, that should be, like, Luke Wilson. Yes. <laughs> the other Wilson. Just get all the other Yeah, Wilson. Get, oh, get, yeah. get Andrew in there, too. That, that What a weird movie that would have been. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the Dupree day, the Dupree Hollywood video days, those are over. You're not accidentally watching you, me, and Dupree. No way. No, Mm I mean, Dupree. -mm. <laughs> Boy. Dupree, you mean Dupree? All the all the all the DVD copies of you mean Dupree are going to like the Toy Story three, like Fireball. They're all <laughs> holding hands as they <laughs> <laughs> their demise. <laughs> great. One of the greatest. I wish the movie ended. That would have been so sick. I was. It would be so fucking funny. It would have been cool, so cool <laughs> if all the toys died. <laughs> like, It would and have that's been so and cool. that was and that was Toy Story. <laughs> like, That's, this, this has been the Toy Story cycle. yeah, I know. It's like so. You know what really happens to your toys? Yeah, they get given away to the point where they're unusable anymore. Then they get thrown away. Yes. Sadly, that's what happens. Sorry, guess what? Everyone watching this, uh, you've grown up and you can now. Look at the... Oh my god. Uh so um I saw it in 05 and I thought that it was like a Yeah, passable. pass but also like completely unmemorable and I thought like whatever. Didn't Mm, think gotcha. of it. But a couple years after it came out, Mm. they released this like ultra four disc deluxe edition with this director's cut. And then you start to hear like all of your nerd friends, well you really gotta see the director's cut. And I was Yeah. like, really? And really, Scott has that thing because he releases like all of his movies have come out in some level of a director's cut. <laughs> and we're in this stage where um, we've gotten to this point where I think everyone believes that there is a better version of their favorite movie that was suppressed. And like with the Snyder people and All this, there wasn't even, he never finished that Justice League movie. They gave him a hundred million dollars or some shit to finish the Snyder Cut.
That's not a finished mm. movie. That isn't like studio meddling. He had a tragedy in his life. That's why he left. He wasn't that he even the studio got in his way. No. Like he had a very real tragedy that he had like a dark with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and so like he and had that to everyone was everyone is sympathetic to him for leaving the project to deal with. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't wronged. You know, maybe no. Yeah, it's so weird. And like they're like, oh, there's got to be a cut of the original Suicide Squad. Maybe it was just bad. Yeah, maybe it was just a bad movie. Like all all the all the love in the world to David Ayer. I love some yeah. of his like cheesier his cheesier films. Like I'm a I'm a big I'm a Training Day appreciator. I'm a Fury appreciator. Yeah. But uh, it's just yeah. I, I think like maybe that just wasn't the project for him. Yeah, maybe it's also like a thing where like these films inevitably become filmed by committee when there's millions and millions, yeah. potentially billions of dollars behind them. And, you know, everyone wants it to be right. And the comp- the producers have their own like, you know, their own vision. Like, this movie that we watched today. Director Scott or not, this is a dense. Like history head type thing it this wasn't what? going to be like like gladiator is so much more simple gladiator we t- said on this episode to revenge movie it's simple yeah this movie's not actually all that simple there's a lot going on there's a lot being juggled it is like and the way that like characters are like introduced and snuffed out and like new f- wrinkles get added to the plot over t- and on top of that it's like a you know this is a, a three hour over three hour film yeah it is yeah it is a- also by the way like um i just wanted to say too really quickly with the kingdom of heaven didn't watch it in theaters oh yeah i just kind of passed me by for whatever but one thing i do remember when you brought up the director's cut this is how big of a nerd i was i used to like go on ign.com and like read reviews of DVDs. I used to read <laughs> DVD reviews on IGN. Well, I, I still look at DVD reviews. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're great. It's fun to see. You gotta like, know. Well, you gotta know. I, what, tell well, me about those features. Exactly. Gotta <laughs> know what those special features are about. And I just remember this getting like a like a ten out of ten or something, or like a nine, being like, oh yeah, man. yeah. Like, it was like a legendary DVD of its yeah. time. Like, oh, uh, it should also be noted. Uh, the Kingdom of Heaven and the Kingdom of Heaven Director's Cut. You can rent either of them on all mm-hmm. the services, readily available, and it's on Blu-ray, yeah, uh, as well. Which I picked up the Blu-ray. Uh, I'm, I'm, I might after this. I watched the Roadshow version, by the way. We'll talk I about did. what 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 the deal is with those in just a moment as well. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> too, buddy, and I was here for it. I was I'm like, here for it, a- yeah. Like it's cool. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I do need to like stand up and go to the bathroom and <laughs> get a popcorn. Just, yeah, I gotta get another soda. This movie's hell long. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is a two soda film. Yeah. So, um, but usually, usually, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm like skeptical mm. of director's cuts. I like the idea of like making peace with what you have agreed is the final product. And I know sometimes that isn't always the case, but I think I like it, that idea. I, li- I like that, too, because I am definitely like you, where, like, on one hand, I do like finality. I do like a sense. I don't like the idea of, like, 
I mean, I know art is like a living and breathe, but I do kind of like the idea of like one thing kind of being that thing and then that it's done <clears throat> in the sense that like, you know, I, it'd be annoying if people kept uh, messing with the Mona Lisa or whatever. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, like skateboarder like Leonardo like, yeah. da Vinci's like what my real vision though, she had a mustache. And I'm going to yeah. put it on now. It's like, like a Marx no. Brothers Mark stash, yeah. Yeah, and Groucho glasses. Glass Groucho yeah. glasses, yeah, yeah, exactly. The entire thing, yeah. It's like, at some point you have to, like, and there are, like, you know, like, there's that story, like, there is no Michael Mann movie in its home video form, even if it's been declared a director's cut or not, that is mm-hmm. identical to the theatrical version. There are these, like, even newer movies, like, the Wong Kar Wai box that the Criterion put out recently, Wong went in and um, tinkered with all of them. Uh, the Bong Joon Ho movies, the Memories of a Murder that just came out on Criterion, he tinkered with the color in it. Like even going back to your friend George Lucas in the Star Wars yeah. movies or Spielberg, like they can't help themselves if the opportunity's there. To tinker with them, mm-hmm. it oh, there was a there was a Blu-ray release of French Connection that came out that Friedkin changed all the color yeah. in the movie, and the cinematographer was like, "What? What, what did you do? Like it's like a disaster." It, it's like one of these things where like it's like I'm fine with that because obviously it can lead to good things. There are great examples of director's cuts where like you know when it's something like this or like heaven about it. Yeah, yeah, or or Heaven's Gate, where like yeah, like you know, you can you can like release a cut or like Once Upon a Time in America, another yeah, and, and good which classic were both, example. And those were gutted by the studio. Those two, yeah, in it like, and there are different situations, but yeah, I agree. It's like there can be, and I think we hold out hope that like oh, there's a miracle here. Yeah, but I think like that style of like just like the tinkering, and I think like so many of these directors. They look at all the tools in the play box now compared to like the 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, and they just can't help. But like, yeah. man, if we had CGI back then, we could have done this thing that would have been so much crazy. Like the the thing that's the vision in my head. And they don't they don't realize like the the benefits of it being of its time. The, yeah. The like the 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 like the beauty and the fact that it's like this time capsule. Like. Yeah. That the limitations kind of accentuate the art, if anything. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think it's on the flip side too. If you think about like the like old school cinema fetishists, like Quentin Tarantino and um, mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson, they don't realize that they're heroes. If like the guy who directed Rolling Thunder was given like CGI, he probably would have used it. Oh, <laughs> dude! Yeah, it looked like a uh, it looked like a Rainbow Six cutscene. It looked yeah. like yeah, it looked like footage they, from they, Counter Strike. They, <laughs> they would have fallen for it, hook, line, and sinker in the same exact vein. Hundred percent. And I'm the same as the, but like you know, my philosophy has been with like my short films and that kind of thing. I just mm. never watch them again. They're gone, and I, I would do that if I was making major movies too, like. Yeah. Just yeah, it's over. I, movies I, I, out of the like, movies out of the nest. Yeah, yeah, it's out of it's out of my hands, man. It's not you. You don't you own it now, man. It's like gone. Yeah. It's gone to me. Like it, like because you can like we talk about it all the time, even with our short films, my friends and I. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would have done this. I would have done that. 
<laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you know, could have done that. And it's like, yeah, like, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Like, ah. it, it's always there. Like, I'm still, like, we did an entire episode on, we did a ton of research, we read books, we watched multiple cuts. I'm still completely confused about what Blade Runner I'm supposed to watch. Yes, that is, like, truly, that is, like, see, that's, like, the annoying thing about the cuts is, like, like, when... Tell me what the it's right like, one is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to know what, like, the canonical... Yeah. What is, like, the thing I'm supposed to, like, if I'm on Letterboxd, which version of this do I review? Because it is, like, yeah. <laughs> I know, like, yeah, and I, like, have to explain myself. And, like, oh, this is the final... What the, what's the difference between the director's cut and the final cut? Apparently you had no say on the director's cut, so why is it released? Like, and then, that's the other thing. Studios know that directors... You put director's cut on a disc... <sighs> It's going to get nerds to buy it. Evil. So who knows if it's even true? It's like, yeah, it's like the uh, it's like the cinema nerd version of like comics with like different like uh, kind of covers. variant covers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, evil, evil. I know. Uh, and, and someone who bought variants when they worked at a comic store in high school. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? This is the same same, same book. Yeah, it's like I get it that this one has Howard the Duck on it, and this one has a uh, Man Thing on it. But come on, like the the, the tent is the same. Yeah, it's still the same. Yeah, same story, brother. Uh, no, just different. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like there is, but it's like there's a whole universe of it of like these like differing cuts and these differing mm-hmm. versions. Whether it's like oh, it has you know the aspect ratio. Is the, the theatrical ratio, the color timing is how it was when it came out in 1974, like all of these things. And I guess for like, it's just, it's, it's exhausting when you just mm-hmm. want to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And it's, and it's, um, and yeah, you just, and you also just hope like, you know, in the way that like for a long time, the original trilogy, Star Wars, you know, movies, those were kind of like, difficult to find in their yeah. original form like you hope that doesn't happen to like you know really important movies like I, like yeah like apocalypse now for example like I, w- I was going through which what's the right version of that that's another uh, one he's done was that? the redux versus the original i and i actually watch the original every time i watch apocalypse now like that's the one i want to watch i don't want to watch the padded one Everyone tells me that, like, uh, I was looking up research because I was like, I kind of want to watch. I've never, it's like a movie that, like, it's like one of those big movies I need to watch. And and I've always had, um, I've always had a, uh, I've always, it's kind of prevented me from watching it because I get nervous about, like, am I supposed to watch Redux yeah. or am I supposed to watch, like, which is the right one? Apparently it is the theatrical cut. That is, like, the better. Yeah, that situation, I think it's theatrical. We watched, um, you know, we talked about it with our friend Matt McCarthy. In the Coda, the Godfather Coda episode. Oh, yeah. As well. You know, going back in time to that, like, going back and tinkering with Godfather 3, does it still, like, hide the issues with Godfather 3? It does, maybe it makes them different, but it's like, it's still weird. There were still weird choices made that you can't go back on. Like, God bless him, like, his daughter's miscast. Yeah! Like, Toe to tip. It's like, I'm a huge fan of hers. I'm a huge fan of his. Like, yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm sorry. Like, you can't, and you can't fix that no matter how much you edit it. 
Oh, for sure. You can't fix like, yeah, you can't fix the daughter. You can't fix some of the like, you can't fix like the the as much as I love. Um, I I am like a defender of the the new lawyer in Godfather Part Three. What is that actor's George name? George Hamilton. George Hamilton. I love George Hamilton in Godfather Part Three. He's great, but it is like the lack of yeah of Robert Duvall, of Robert Duvall is, is a bummer. It's like it's, it, it is, it's so yeah. glaring. It is like yeah, he should be there and he's so not it's All like yeah things are different. like winona Ryder got ill mm-hmm. and they needed a quick replacement so they brought it so he brought in his daughter wow and they lowballed robert duvall and you can't like there's nothing you could do about that no it's, yeah yeah he's like nev campbell baby he he's not gonna work for that he i know he's not gonna <laughs> not gonna work for that nev nev is too good too good for that too good yeah she was missed. She was. I think she was missed. I missed so her. they're gonna bring her back in seven. They they, they, they have, have to. to. They have. They if they don't bring like like a movie, a screen movie without Nev Camp. Like, come on, come on. Uh, yeah, Sydney come Prescott. On, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Sydney Prescott, babe. Uh oh, Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. Uh, I guess he loves the subject matter of this of this uh, podcast so much. He's excited to talk to Uh-oh. give us uh, details about the world of Kingdom of Heaven. Do you think that he sat around actually his wife as they watched this? Actually, this wasn't how the Crusades went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> total fabrication. Total fa- this is total fabrication. Total fabrication, babe. <laughs> but I think it is interesting. Like, I was going through my DVDs or this closet over here, and I found um, when I got the Wong Kar Wai Criterion box set, I pulled the discs that I previously had. From mm-hmm. the shelf, I was like, "Oh, I, you know," but I put them back on the shelf because I have the old versions of the movie <laughs> still oh, on no. the original DVDs. So I'm like, "No, actually, I kind of want to keep these. I'm not going to get rid of these." So <laughs> back on the shelf. <laughs> and <laughs> well, after all of these complaints, though, here's the thing: this director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven unequivocally better. <laughs> the night and day <laughs> let's get into it um it's awesome it's uh, totally awesome I, I it's it's really it's really good it's yeah. so it's so like uh and it's you know it's so funny like you can make argument like is the main character a little bit of a cipher occasionally sure but is like the world building like really fun and like the attention to detail like this is like why you make movies is this insane attention to detail the lived in feel the all of the obsessive qualities of ridley scott are are, are in their truest form yeah this movie like it is it really does like it is like this movie is a hundred percent working in his field house like in his yeah like, it works to his advantage so well this like this subject matter because like everything is just so like fully you rarely see it's just it's just i think maybe part of it's too is it's so refreshing to see a movie like this at this scale i'm so excited for napoleon now by the way I can't, yeah like yeah and i think he like learned Everything he learned from Duelists, fourteen ninety two, and Gladiator, mm-hmm. are going into the success of this movie. Yeah, and I think, and I think you're right. I think the only issue, unless we could talk about the cast here, um, I do think like, imagine Leonardo DiCaprio 
is Valiant. Oh. Like, like a true, like... Because, like, the guy that they have is, like, here. And there are actors, though, the DiCaprios, the, um, the Pitts, like, of the world, who are, like, here. Like, the, yeah. high, the like, the, the megawattage star. Like, Russell Crowe. Yeah, oh, 100%. Although, like, yeah, here's the thing. Orlando Bloom, not a megawattage actor, but as, like, Lankis's character can be some... It actually, I kind of like... I think that's part of the charm. Like, I was talking to... Uh, I was talking to Don before the, the pod started about how, like, if, like, Orlando Bloom's character was, like, born in, like, you know, 1982, he would have been just, like... Or seventy two or whatever, he would have just been like Floyd in True Romance on the cat <laughs> on the couch smoking out of a a honey bear, and like there's something about like like this like this weird like Ichabod Crane stoner looking dude kind of like he there's like an everyman quality to Orlando Bloom that I uh, which is weird because he's like a total hunk and yeah, like he's and, a really good looking guy. Yeah, he's like a total up, but like, but because he's like, I think part of it is just because he's like so like wiry compared to everyone else. Like Im- immediately, it always looks like he's about to get his lunch eaten, and well, then and he, he like. Un- I, well, everyone else in the cast are big lunch eaters. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, he is surrounded by lunch eaters. It yeah. is a lunch yeah. eater world. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's kind of like tight, like, and he's kind of like they would have had him gain a bunch of muscle. You know, like uh, if they shot this movie this year, because that's oh, like yeah. the way that they do these things. You're right. He is like kind of like scrawny. Yeah, he's like gangly, and like yeah. that works to his like. I'm like more. It makes me more sympathetic to him because it is just like he truly does feel like some schmuck that ended up like through the weirdest of circumstances. By I'm you in know, charge. Just... I'm in charge of these battles now. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I'm the king of Jerusalem now. Yeah, I'm pretty good it's... at fighting. Like. He is good at fighting. He is good at fighting. He is great at fighting. And he yeah. is, hey, and he knows aqueducts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's he's sympathetic to everyone. Yeah. So, he actually has a literally million everyone. skills. Yeah, yeah. He's actually definitely, he's <laughs> he a really be, good black, he's a really good blacksmith. He's like, like kind of the perfect, I take it all back. Yeah. He's like the perfect man. <laughs> he's, not that he, mo- he's not that motivated. Yeah, but he, but he's yeah, he's not a self starter necessarily. No, well, <laughs> there's a good reason for that. They yeah. get... <laughs> he's a little bummed out at the beginning of the movie, and, <laughs> and, he, and he's got a really creepy. Okay, so I guess we'll start with him. His, oh my like, god, half brother, and like who comes in and waltzes into this movie. It just hits Homer after Homer <laughs> for about twenty minutes. Wesley Snipes himself, Michael Sheen. that show is so good it's just like what are we gonna name this character let's call him wesley snipes oh my god yeah 30 <laughs> god bless 30 rock, yeah, 30 rock. Yeah. but michael <laughs> sheet comes in just smarmy and shitty you know exactly what he's up to he's great He's so and, good. And he's a priest, but he's like a naughty priest. Like, yep. Once he like steals the jewelry from the dead, his like Orlando his Bloom's dead wife. <laughs> you're like, awesome. let's go. Yeah, I'm in. Let's, yeah, I get this guy. I want to see Orlando Bloom like shift this guy ASAP. Uh-huh. Like 
Oh, and does, folks, does what, yeah, he does. It's great. He does not disappoint. It <laughs> yeah. is so, yeah, it rules. Yeah, it's good all the way through. Uh, so Orlando Bloom plays Balian, our hero of the movie. His half-brother, Priest, is played by Michael Sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, then, so basically what happens is Orlando Bloom's wife has died. They lose their child. Her, His wife has fallen into despair and she dies by suicide and mm-hmm. he is obviously um gutted despondent this. yeah yeah and naturally of course mm-hmm. it's a natural yeah <laughs> a real human emotion <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah 10 out of 10 even emotion yeah. great yeah. Emotion. yeah so he's upset about it and he's a blacksmith and he's kind of the black sheep of the town and it seems like the town he lives in is like the most cor- like just utterly corrupt French town that he's oh. in. Everybody's bad. Everyone's a baddie, and they're all doing it in the name of Christ. It's like- it's also like I love how like like you know this is like tenth or twelfth uh, century Europe, and it it truly is like sub Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> it is like- that line from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's like who's that? I don't know. It must be a king. Why do you say that? Well, he hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. It's like, yeah, it is just people like, like in Thatched Roof Cottages, like piling like mud. Like, yeah, it is like, that, just, that level yeah. of like. What, what is your job? I stack mud. Like, yeah. You know? It makes, uh, they're like, they're making, they're really making like Game of Thrones look like, I don't know, like The Office. Like, it is just that yeah, level. Uh, of, like, it's like, it, we, we talked about, we watched The Northmen. We're just like, yeah, I don't want to live here. This seems like the worst of times. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Not fun. A bad time to be living. This is the exact same thing. Don't want to be there. Don't want to go back in time to this. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll go back to the 60s in Woodstock, man. If I'm going yeah. back in time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Party with strawberry alarm clock and yeah. vanilla fudge. It's my yeah. kind of happening, baby, and it freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else happened in the 60s. No, no, no. <laughs> Nothing else. We saw it in Remember the Titans. Everything got everything got fixed. Yeah, they <laughs> used a, a cool dance. They used a cool haka to solve their yeah, uh, problems. Won, won, won a big game? Yeah. Problem solved. Problem everything solved, yeah. baby. We live in the Jetsons now. It's maybe, great. Maybe they should have played uh, football in Jerusalem in this time period, and that would have uh, would have changed a few things. Oh, God, get Nick Cave to write that script. Let's send <laughs> yes. it. Send us. <laughs> Send uh, bring, Coach bring, Taylor back. Bring, yeah, bring Brendan Gleeson back. He'll he'll still fit in. <laughs> like, oh God, he was so I love Brendan awesome. Gleeson. We'll talk about him in a moment here. Yeah, um, lots so, to talk about. Strolling through town on their way to the Crusades at Jerusalem is Liam Neeson as Barrison of Abelian, or simply Godfrey. Thank you, mm. thank you, script. Help us out with that. Godfrey. Liam Neeson introduces himself as a guy who um, may have assaulted Orlando Bloom's mother, causing the birth of Orlando Bloom. Yeah, not the nicest of intros. Wouldn't the 2023 version of this movie would have expunged that from the script. Yeah, a lot of, there's definitely, yeah, this was a movie. Uh, that is uh, antiquated in some respects. They're not sympathetic in our modern eyes <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, uh, we'll get into it. We'll get but into I it. But I do think, like you, kind of like 
what this movie is trying to do, one of the big themes, is to kind of say that everyone, that there are no goodies mm-hmm. and there are no baddies. That every, yes. And wants to have its cake and eat it too, in a sense. And I, we will talk momentarily about our favorite topic. Movies that were released post 9-11 and the effect 9-11 had on them and their yeah. criticism at the time. Uh, Academy Academy trademark favorite conversation point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 9-11 warped our brains and yeah. ruined cinema almost for a decade. Ru- ru- well, ruined all of us to today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, still brain ruined. Yeah, we're yeah. all <laughs> utterly brain ruined to this very moment. Uh, yeah. But we'll get to that. He strolls through town with his bet his um groovy gang of goons. Good good great goons on the oh, Amazon's team. And one of the big disappointments of the movie, despite the fact this scene being incredible, is the first battle sequence and how most of them are dispatched in the first hour. I want to know these goons a little bit more. Dude, same here. I was so bummed. There's like this really cool like German guy. There's like this guy who's kind of like he's like a moor from yeah. like uh, there's like a uh, there's like this other dude, uh this uh, uh oh, there's a guy who lives for a while, the hospitalier. David Thulis who ki- who kills it as heroes. And there's this theory that he's kind of like an angel in this movie, like he's not even real. That I was reading up on, isn't that cool? <laughs> I, that does that does explain one of my favorite, maybe one of my favorite moments in cinema history. Now, during the climactic fight, when David Thewlis he rides by, there's a big fight, and he rides by Orlando Bloom, and he just gives him a little boop on the head with the sword. Yeah, isn't it great? Love that! I yeah. love that. Give and like, and Orlando's like gives him like a little smile, like, oh, all right, like it was. Yeah, just, he's like his guardian angel, man. Yeah, he's yeah. got his back. So he's the hospital, uh, the hospitalier, and oh, man. yeah, very uh, so, chaucer. And Liam Neeson's like, join our crew. We're going to we're going to the Crusades. Come on. And Orlando's like, I don't know, man. But then Michael Sheaton gets up, really upsets Orlando, and Orlando runs him through in a good yeah. way. Like, annihilating. Like, oh, and it's a good example, too, of just how violent this movie's going to get. Mm-hmm. Like, Ridley is loving it. And that's apparently one issue in the with the director's cut, is the director's cut is significantly more violent than um, the theatrical was. Mm-hmm. It is very violent movie. It it, al- it it almost feels like you can see like the influence. I feel like this was like this movie was released during like the peak torture porn era. Yeah, like, saw, and it feels like right. some of the moves feel like that level of like squicky, like very like uh, just like speaking, oh my god. Speaking, speaking of post nine eleven and Iraq War era movies, Hostel, a key one, mm-hmm. the, a key a key movie of that era <laughs> oh yeah yeah no that definitely um yeah definitely you can feel the the tendrils of the times yeah i go around that indeed, film for indeed. sure like yeah. why on earth in that time period did we want our horror movies like to be like saw and hostile yeah i wonder why yeah why did yeah why did we want our horror movies to be like extended torture sequences yeah. i wonder what that yeah i wonder what that uh what they we're essentially insight. about grossing you out yeah yeah and their mm. violence and torture. Anyway, so Orlando is faced with like basically facing down the authorities in his town or going with this band band of rogues 
Uh, and so he go he heads out with these rogue guys. They are attacked by members of the town who want to um, recapture Orlando. Mm -hmm. And they, but Orlando's new bang of gang of friends, led by Liam Neeson, like hell no, he's with us. I didn't totally buy it. I thought it was very quick. There, he that that he ingratiated himself with the group to the point where they would die for him. Yeah, that was uh, totally. Um, it was a great. I think like my brain was able to sort of like just kind of like let that slide because like the actual fight was such a well shot fun I sequence. Know. The yeah, but, but awesome. But it is like it's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, I you guess you could make light snow in fights. Ooh. A light snow dusting as people are like doing battle and fist fighting or sword fighting. You love to see. I love it. Every movie. Oh, yeah. Whether it's Gladiator, the opening fight in Gladiator, or um, the end of Dark Knight Rises, I love it. All yeah. of Kill, uh, Kill Bill Volume One, the 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 fight with Oranishi, like I love it. Give me yeah. snow. Give me snow great, and fights. Yeah, great accent and great a yeah. uh, great little detail in a fight, and it and it, and it feel like yeah, it makes the world feel uh more like, texture. Death. Yeah, texture. texture. So. But, uh, yeah. Liam Liam loses most of his crew. Liam is hit mm -hmm. as well in the side. Uh and he's hurt, and we know because this is the, the, the stacking mud time period. Doctors are not up to par. So no. it's not good that Liam that Liam was hit with an arrow. Yeah, he's like tell you like as soon as David Thewlis is like, Well, if the marrow has reached your blood, you're going to die. Like no, that, I, didn't even, that... I didn't even know that. I didn't even know Marrow could poison you like that. I like that freaked me out. I was I was, like, I was yeah. honestly I was like I'm just surprised they weren't like bringing up like humors and like you know well the phlegmatic humors are training here. We might have to get some leeches. Like yeah, yeah so. I know. Yeah, get the leeches and the potions. <laughs> yeah. Yes, serums. Yes, serums. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I thought I thought the Crusades, but the Crusades for me. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the Crusades for me, brother. It was the second Black Crows tour. <laughs> that is a fan. <laughs> you know, you know who my favorite young up and coming band is? The Black Crows. Yeah, the, I think they <laughs> they, 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 do, they do things the right way. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh God. You heard of, heard about these guys? They're pretty good. They're keeping they're keeping blues rock alive. <laughs> yeah, I know. What are having a blues rock? <laughs> the woke mind virus has gotten to blues rock. No, no Whistler, no. <laughs> oh no, 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 Whistler. That is the next stage of our Whistler impersonation. Is him, <laughs> him going like anti-woke. <laughs> You're trying to tell me I have to take a serum? <laughs> yeah. Brother, I make them, and I know they can mess uh, you up. I didn't mess you up. Yeah, give, give give your kid autism. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Whistler. Come on Whistler. Now. Oh, okay, Whistler. never mind. So You're off the pod, Whistler. Some of Liam Neeson's crew, David Thewlis, they're, they're, um, they're gutted. Like, and I, I think one thing I'm thinking about the first, it's so weird for to say this with a movie that's like three and a half hours long, mm -hmm. is um the first hour feels rushed. Yeah, it does feel well. It feels like epis. It's it feels ep very episodic compared to the the rest of the film because it, it feels like its own. 
It almost because, feels like it could have been its own movie, like what they yeah, do. Yeah, and it rolled, but when he reaches Jerusalem, it rolls into this like awesome, groovy kind of like hangout pace that I'm into. Oh, oh first, well, and it's like the way that they get to Jerusalem too. That like because we're talking about here is like who has to travel by boat, mm-hmm. and we get this like harrowing white squall boat sequence. Too. Yeah, <laughs> which Orlando Bloom is seemingly the only survivor yeah. of. Yeah, washes up, and he washes... Okay, so then he washes up on shore, and he go he has to go at it with the locals, like, from the jump. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, all he has is, like, a horse. Like, he found, like, yeah. he very luckily found a horse. But he 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 shows mercy on... um. What is it, that character's name? Uh, it's uh, The actor's Alexander uh, Siddig. Siddig, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so he shows mercy on. Uh, pardon me, um, one of the um, Muslim characters, Imad Ad Din Al Isfahani. Yeah, and I'm probably pronouncing that horribly, and I apologize. And it shows like Orlando Bloom's ratifying, but he also is like a game recognizes game. Yeah, and a guy. Man of Honor. He's like when uh, he's like honor. when yeah. when John Wick fights the dudes from the raid, and the raid guys let him st- you know sit up, and then and then mm-hmm. when uh, he beats up the raid guys and they're about to sit up and fight him, and John Wick is like, Nah, you know what? You earned it. You're good. You can. I'm gonna let yeah. you guys live. No, <laughs> yeah. No, and it's like a classic trope of these kind of movies. It's like, man, you know what? We're on opposite sides, but you are so good at fighting, and I am so good at fighting. Like, we gotta respect that. That we're yeah. great. We're both like badass and drift. Yeah. So he lets them go and then they Orlando heads into town and seemingly is almost like from the jump thrown into royal intrigue. Oh yeah. yeah. And oh wait, is... really really oh, really yeah. quickly before we go into the royal intrigue, we forgot about a very important character that was introduced in Italy when Orlando Bloom and uh, Kevin McKinnon are eating a big old crab. Oh, they run yeah. into they run into one of my perhaps oh. the most finger the uh, the mustache twirling villain we've had since Billy Zane in Titanic. Perhaps yes, indeed, yeah. Uh, in Gee Gee, oh my Gee. God, Gee, I love. I gotta Gee. say, it's like he's like in a different movie. It kind of rules. I sort of love just, it. Just a jerk from the jump. It's just evil, just a, the devil. I love it. Played by think... an actor named Marton Sonkis. <laughs> I think it's like Sonkis or Chokis. Chokis. He's from New Zealand. He's a great. I love. Yeah. He's he was in Living. He's like one of these actors. I feel like he did. Um, he was the baddie in Triple X. That's like one of his claims to fame. And he was in the he... Loader movies. He's in um the Equalizer. Talk about that soon. Yeah, That's he's cool. a. I, I, I've always liked this guy, and I feel like he's always been re- re- regulated to like he's kind of like the closest thing we have to like a Martin Wincott or Michael Wincott. I feel like yeah. in the sense of where like he just kind of feel fills the he's like oh if you need a guy who can like twirl his mustache, he's the guy you go to. And apparently, after this movie, he dated Ava Green in real life. But uh, yeah, mustache twirly bad guy. We know this is not the last we've seen of Gee. No, yeah. 
This guy who sucks. Hey, we're just so munching hard. on we're munching on local seafood here, and you're being yeah. a jerk. What? I'm just eating. I'm just eating this big cartoon crab. I love. Yeah. I wanted to eat that crab so bad. We would have just great. stayed. Yeah, we would have just stayed. We would have stayed. We never would have made it to the Crusades. Yeah. We would have gotten caught up with local cuisine all yeah. the way through, and we would have just been like, "I want to be. This is what we should be. We should not be fighting. We should be celebrating all the good food." Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad because, like, originally I thought we'd end up being part of, like, the poor man's crusade of, or something and killed in, like, Anatolia or whatever. Oh. So I'm glad that we found our, yeah, we're not fighting. We're, we're, we would have we ended up like Anthony Bourdain or Phil Rosenthal just kind of on a food tour. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like the, we're like his pre, his pre, we're historical Andrew Zimmerns, just like. Yeah, somebody, somebody feed Ballion. <laughs> somebody feed Ballion. <laughs> That's our show. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he finally ends up in Jerusalem, though, and gets caught up in royal intrigue. So it turns out the king of um, the declared king. I mean, mm-hmm. like, let's be honest. This is all a bunch of, um, like, you know, globalist. Oh. <laughs> like, it's like adventurism. Again, back to the Iraq war and so forth. Oh, like for sure. Nothing changes at all. It still is about the powerful Westerners trying to just do whatever the hell they want. Oh, 100%. Well, in the, except this time it's in like... The, they, in they the have... name of God, of course. Yeah. Although, honestly, like, even, like, in the Iraq war, there was a little bit of that then, too. So, like, oh, yeah. There was, things, yeah. Yeah, truly things don't, like, yeah, change at all. Which I think is one of the themes they were actually trying to hit on with this movie. Mm-hmm. Which probably in 2005 was a tougher time to do that, but watching it through these eyes now, it's actually yeah. rings quite true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, noteworthy that they were trying to do that with this movie. Uh, the king, though, is King Baldwin of Jerusalem, played by uncredited Edward Norton. Ooh. Edward, great stuff. You know, you bring him in, he's a heavy hitter. That guy. Yeah, the, the Norton. The Norton. He brings it in. Uh, he's got a problem, though. And that pro- his problem. Like, sorry, his problem. I just, when, he, he said the, the when he said the Norton, when he said the Norton, when he said the Norton, I'm just imagining a Northman. Like, it's just, just a map. I can't believe he wasn't in the Northman. He could have done like, it. Seems like he, he could have played uh, the, the guy from the square. His role. Clay Spang's role. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Clay Spang's really Although good in the Northman. Yeah, we don't want to replace him. He's good. Don't want to replace him either. Like, give Clay Spang some love, folks. Uh, don't continue. Sorry. So, uh, he's got a problem, and that problem is leprosy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's yeah. It's no got a, it's bueno. got a good. It's got a hooks at him good. Uh, he was, is he a... was a mask the entire mm-hmm. movie. It's cool though. Like it's yeah. groovy. The, like the mask is like Silver Surfer like style mask, and it gives him an edge. That's really cool. But there's all sorts of royal intrigue because they know he's going to die at some mm-hmm. point of he's, you know, the leprosy is eating him up big time. And so the royal intrigue includes his like um, concil- like his Robert Duvall character who's played Raymond III of Tripoli, played by the French lieutenant's woman himself, Jeremy Irons. Ooh. He's good in this. He's good. You know, you know what you're hiring for. He's British royal intrigue stuff. Yeah. Guy, he, he could do it in his sleep. He probably did. And he's like, the, he's like the one last man of honor in town besides, uh, besides the king. He has a yeah. little scar like Dr. Evil. He's great. Yeah. 
Uh, but the problem is, is that the Gee has returned to the Ugh. mix, and Gee. So okay, so um, there is a tentative peace between the Christians and the Muslims over the rule of Jerusalem at this point. Mm. King Saladin is the um, played by Ghassan Masood, who is uh, great, by the way. Very, Love his, very, yeah, yeah. Uh, Syrian actor. Uh, he he is the kid. He is he is um the king of the other side, and mm-hmm. they have found peace. But Guy is you know the Bush administration. He wants he wants war with mm-hmm. these guys, and they're hanging on tight. But they know the second Edward Norton dies, all hell could possibly break loose between these mm-hmm. sides. So they need to figure out some sort of contingency plan. Luckily, we've got a Lucius in Gladiator situation. We got a little kid. Mm-hmm. Who's actually the heir to the throne, who is the son of Edward Norton's sister, Sibylia, played by Ava Green, who I love. <laughs> but, um, she's a good she's a good actress. She's a great she, actress. It, it, truly I truly yeah, you're uh, twenty I also have a twenty year crush on her. Yeah. <laughs> well also well the thing too is like Maybe watching this movie, I was like, maybe one of the most egregious sins of Tim Burton was like trapping this great actress in like the world of like you know a peregrine's home for wacky children and all yeah. that and dark shadows like like it's she was trapped she's, in the burn zone for so she's, long she's got that smoky eyed like goth kind of vibe to her which mm-hmm. i can see why she could be drawn into the world timber but there she contains multitudes she's amazing yeah. and apparently the director's cut the one of the biggest things in the director's cut is they give her way more like a lot of her stuff ended up on the cutting room floor in the oh theatrical God. version. And this version, she gets a ton. She's a yeah. key player and she gets a very a big, varied role in this movie. Oh yeah. She gets she gets some like wild moments. She's a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah. And she looks great with Orlando Bloom. Like they are like a hot couple. Oh yeah. They're they're these they like... these two these two kids, they're gonna be fun. They're having oh, a good yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. Oh boy. Movies, Mamma Mia. Mia. Like, as we say, stuck in Italy. Yeah. We never made it. <laughs> no. We love these big crabs. We got introduced to crabs and pizza. We're like, I'm never leaving, me. <laughs> crabs and pizza. That's going to be the crabs name of this episode. That's what we're calling our restaurant, too. Yeah. Crabs and pizza. Crabs and pizza. Uh, she has a son. She's a widow. And she has a son, though, who's the heir to the throne. She's also like married to Guy, but it's like a marriage of convenience, like just kind of how the royals do it. You know what I mean? Like right. the powerful people just kind of together. She clearly is like does not have the hots for him, although in real life she did because they dated for five years Whoa. after it was over. Like, you know, again, Mama, like, Mama lucky Mia. Mama Mia, lucky Martin. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so there's all sorts of like who's going to take over because they're trying to prevent Guy from taking over because they know war will come mm-hmm. if because he's kind of he could take over if the little boy dies or is like ousted. Guy's next in line for the throne. Right. Meanwhile, Orlando Bloom is the typical of these kind of movies. I just want to be like a farmer. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, totally. He's like, like yeah, he's 100 percent. Yep. But he's he's chopping wood in the in the log cabin. Yeah, you know he's just he works with his hands. He's a man. He's salt of the earth. The locals yeah. love him. 
I God, I love how immediately like he's like, mm, I'm gonna solve water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to... That is like the one note of the movie where I'm like, yeah, it's a little like uh come on. Like it's a little much. But like, but I do like that he is like um He's like very like I think like and maybe he's very not judgmental because he's done some bad things in his life like killing his brother. Yeah, <laughs> and killing his brother. Yeah, uh, but, oh, it uh, should be noted that uh, Guy's number two man. Mm-hmm. Who, I love how he's introduced. They're like he's introduced like oh yeah that guy's a psycho. Oh, like lunatic. Like they even before they show him, they're like he's a psycho. We should not let him near decision making he's a true like bloodthirsty lunatic and it's of course renault uh um played by the great brendan gleason mm-hmm. who shows up and you're like yep buy it i buy it like he's yep. great it's like he's a so, loony <laughs> uh some conflicts begin and saladin sends his army for a conflict in jerusalem they're not uh, they're not ready to fight, but because Orlando Bloom has like ingratiated himself so much with the people, he leads a small group of guys to confront this huge army. It's a lost cause. Mm-hmm. And Ridley shoots the hell out of it. I'm like stoked because we've had an hour of no fights at this point. So yeah. I'm like, I was ready for another fight. Yeah. Another battle. And it does none of the battles in this movie disappoint. The final battle, which we'll get to in a moment here, is awesome. Like, they, really they're awesome. so good. All the fun, and what's so cool is like I feel like Ridley does this incredible job of showing like even more so I feel like, you know, shows like Game of Thrones or whatever, they they, they get ballied about about how like realistically they treat the fights or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Maybe that's a little more realistic than this. Like, sometimes maybe this is, like, a little heightened. But, like, it truly, the level of, like, like intensity, just, just like, you feel every arrow going through your body in this. Everything, like, there's just, there's so much. Like, it does, actually, I'm, like, turning around on the, all those guys dying in the beginning because that truly is how it was. It feels like they that, that, those are the stakes. Like, you're going to fucking die. Like, it is like the odds no. of you living are so crazy. Yeah, like, you're not going to make it, man. And yeah. one of the biggest influences, actually, on this movie, too, and these battle sequences, very clearly, uh, Lord of the Rings, what Peter Jackson did. Oh, in yeah. The sec- in those movies. But like, this is like, this all is like the technology Lord... and everything that was developed to do those, Ridley takes it and in this with this film. But then takes it to, like, yeah, like, the next, like, it's just, like, it's so much more visceral and, like, yeah. But, yeah, if you thought one, the one thing Lord of the Rings may have been lacking was, like, heads getting split in half, you yes. get it in this movie. It's all yes. there in this movie. Uh, so, it's great, but it's Orlando's crew is totally outnumbered. They're going to lose. Orlando's on the ground. He's about to be killed. Guess what, though? The guy he saved is there he's like wait a second no i like this guy like he's an honorable yeah. guy don't kill him what was like the there's like there's like the quality you're a quality enemy or something like that they have like a there's like a, a line yeah. he says and he says it again and uh he's like uh, yeah he's great i love i love like the little like tit for tat between him and alexander siddig like yeah yeah it's a fun little fun little wrinkle in the movie yeah it but it's it's just they are so funny like all the people who are like like even the Iraq war days, but even to today with like China and Russia, 
the people are just itchy for war. It's like watching these things. It's like you like this. You want to live this life. It's like, not good. It's it not good. Bad. It seems like, really again, bad. Going back to Crab's Pizza Man, like life yeah. is short. Have some pizza. Like why fight? <laughs> yeah, and it's like at the end of the day, yeah, like. You're not gonna be Orlando Bloom. You're gonna be I know, the... I know. It's like yeah. all those guys when they watched him like American Sniper, like, yeah, I could do that. It's like, no, you couldn't. And that guy was like a broken guy. Yeah, he, broken. He, like he had issues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, issues on top of issues. Like being like the best sniper is not actually healthy yeah. for your for your mental well being. No, that might might have some ramifications mentally. Yeah, that yeah, like it. Anyway, we'll we will cover American Sniper someday. We will. Oh yeah, like, we'll, we'll do a Bradley Cooper bracket. We're gonna do a Bradley Tech Cooper bracket Tech, one day. God, Clint or Bradley Cooper, one of them, it'll come up. Bradley Cooper's really good in it too. I oh yeah, he's really a good actor. Good. He's a really he good sells actor. that scene with the the weird baby. Like you know. Remember that? Remember that was the thing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, hmm. that Those were the days. Boy, boy. Yeah. Stayed in more, more innocent times. Kind of. Kind of. Not really. Not really. Not really. No. Not really. So, no. I mean, no. 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 Anyway, so um, he gets saved. He's like a hero. He mm-hmm. comes back, and this like makes that snidely whiplash nerd gee. I hate this Balian guy. Oh, what yeah. a what a guy, and also because Guy doesn't know it, guess who uh, like is like guess who's the like biggest hunk in all of Jerusalem? It's Bellion, and guess who get that the queen Sibylia? Got my eye on you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like how like I love how like forward she is. Like she's yeah. like like there's no like none of that like medieval like here's my ankle, isn't that mm-hmm. like she's like no let's. Fuck! Oh yeah, this is pure like yeah. We're it's we lust. are we. It's great. Yeah. We, had, we 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 yeah. You know, uh, European society had not caught it, gotten to the point where like you have to like show like your etching. Do, do the would you like to see my etchings in the foyer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it there yet? What a bunch of prudes, man! This entire world, we're back at it too. Everything is prudish again. It's like. Yeah. Life would be so much better if we were just Valiant and Sevilla. Let it yeah. hang, brother. Let it hang. Let it hang, brother. Whistler. He would know a thing or two about that. Mm-hmm. Got do- I got vampire hunter daughters everywhere that I don't know about. <laughs> oh, no. Whistler. You're not supposed to say <laughs> that does. type of thing. Because he didn't know about Jessica Biel. Yeah, that he is true. <laughs> God, that is true. He uh, Imagine yeah. a kingdom of heaven, Jessica Biel following Whistler. Yeah, you're right. Everyone watches Kingdom of Heaven. They're like, I'm Valiant. Why? Yeah, I got 100%. It. I can, yeah, I could yeah. do that. It's like, no, you can't. It's a movie. He's yeah. a total. Oh, should you know, there were all of these people we're talking about were real people. Um, but yeah. this is utterly fictionalized. Totally. Um, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, yeah, fictional. In yeah. Every capacity. So they start a hot and heavy romance. They look, like we said, they look great together. We buy it completely. They're the two hottest people in Jerusalem. Of course yeah. they're together. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they're the hunks, yeah. Yeah, they're the hunks and babes of Jerusalem. We got, like, of course they're together. Uh, they, I like, though, that, like, there's no will there, will they get caught? They're, like, totally out there with it. Like, yeah. Who cares? Like, and everyone's like, yeah, they're definitely screwing. 
but yeah, what, what can we do about it? All of this starts to come to head when Edward Norton dies. Mm-hmm. Of um, what I love too is that Ava Green reacts to her brother's death. She doesn't want to see like all like I love her character, like because she like she's fiery and has like um opinions and some are right and some are wrong and she's like emotional about them which get like that's all it's like she has a full arc which usually does not happen with the queen character in these kind of movies it is like really refreshing to see her like she has like not only does she have a full arc she also has like like she makes choices she has um what's the word i'm looking for like exactly she has agency and it's really it is really refreshing seeing like a princess character in one of these movies or a queen character have like agency and you know, sometimes make good choices, sometimes well, make I mean, choices that lead to the end. In a lot of these movies, that character is kind of relegated to prove that our leading man is virile. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, he, guess what? He, you know, he's good at battle. Guess what he also does? He fucks. Like, yeah. you know, like that's usually what this character is relegated to. And no, she's like making her own chess moves in this. You know what, though? Ridley's been good at that because um, Connie Nielsen's character in Gladiator is comparable as well. Yeah. If you had given like, Gladiator an extra half hour, they probably would have given her more. Do. Honestly, for sure. Gladiator could have been longer. Hate to tell you, folks. Gladiator yeah, could I'd, have been longer. <laughs> like, I'd watch a four hour version of that movie. I hate to admit it, but it's there. I, I'm saying it. I'd let me let me hang out with Maximus a little longer. I yeah. wanna see. Oh I don't know if we've covered it. Denzel Washington and Gladiator Two? This is the biggest news for, for our show. Oh my god! <laughs> that could have dude. possibly happened. <laughs> it is, uh, man. Let's go. Let's fuck. Let's go. I, cannot... I want to yeah. see. I can't wait. <laughs> oh man! It, it, like, who's in this cast again? Paul Mescal, Barry Keegan is supposedly in it, and oh yeah, he, he's Washington. the bad. He's got to be the baddie, right? Got to be. Yeah, yeah. Barry Keegan ain't playing uh, a happy go lucky. Sorry, Barry, you were born with that face. Yeah, <laughs> you have Joker face. I'm you sorry. Guys, uh, sorry, dude. Like you're resting Joker face. <laughs> you will work for it. You're a good actor. You will work forever. You will probably win Best Supporting Actor at some point. Yep. But you're you, always gonna play a baddie or a crazy yep. person. You've got Ben Mendelsohn syndrome. It's a. Yep. Oh my God! Dark Knight Rises. The funniest part is Ben Mendelsohn and what's that guy? Burn Gorman. But yes. Like, uh... I, like they're clearly a couple, but trying to hide it. And like Ben Mendelsohn before he runs into bank, can we get some girls in here? It's like it's like it's basically it's like a Peter Thiel stand in yeah. essentially. <laughs> it's like okay, like this is a party, so I got there should be girls here. Like we're celebrating. Oh my god, <laughs> truly so funny, ludicrous. Like, <laughs> I had a deal with Bane. <laughs> I had a deal with Bane. What do you like? Here, listen to yourself talk. Uh, you know so you're in a awesome. bad. Yeah, you know it's you're so in a bad funny. spot as a as a mogul when uh, you're saying I had a deal with I Bane. I, I'm gonna run Gotham, but I have to. I got. I made a deal with the devil. The devil's name is Bane. Yeah, I made a deal with Bane. I run a Fortune 500 company, but I also made a deal with a weird, mysterious uh, masked man. <laughs> international, <laughs> international masked terrorist. Yeah, it is like that is just tantamount to Elon Musk like making a deal with Osama oh. bin Laden. Yeah, I know it totally is, but it was like it's so funny. Like I'm sure, like, oh, Trump's... hey, can we 
I know what could solve the Middle East problem. We gotta get Bane. Bane, big guy. He's a big guy. <laughs> Simon SpongeBob the musical. We both loved it. Oh, no, it was so good. Tets is back. <laughs> this time, Bane is in it. <laughs> I saw Les Mis four times opening weekend with Bane. <laughs> oh love Ma- I like Master the Housekeeper, the keys he likes. Uh... <laughs> Because it's uh, a big solo song. Dream a little dream, and his dream is to take over Gotham. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, that was... Uh, we had to do it. We do it every week. Yeah, we got to. We have to. Got Our to brains are fried. Our brains are fried on this stuff. So, uh, intrigue is about Edward Norton dies. The son, Ava Green's son, is now the king, king of Jerusalem. Um, they're hanging out. They're doing homework. It seems. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. It seems like she he's she's helping him with his homework. Yeah, uh, like you know, maybe there's like an abacus involved. Uh, yeah, but Who she knows? notices. Um, she like touches his hand and he doesn't feel it. Oh no! Know what they're doing? It's not homework. He's um. Is this? Are you talking about the scene where they're like, uh, doing all the stamps and oh, stuff? Yeah, they're doing stamps. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. homework. They're doing stamps. No. And he, no, he like doing burns like, himself yeah. on hot wax. He gets burnt on hot wax. Yeah, doesn't react to it. And I did not know. Um, I just thought it was like a flesh. I did. I got. I did not know what leprosy was. I guess like beyond the, like it's bad for the flesh. Apparently, it like dulls nerves. Right, dulls you know, the senses dulls or the nerves. Or yeah, something. Um, poor boy. Got leprosy. He's yeah. getting a death sentence. Death mm. sentence. Bummer. Terrible. Awful. I like that they play it as awful too, for her. Yeah. Well, and she like they do this great scene where like, uh, and it becomes like a, I guess I don't know if the term is like a motif or like a recurring theme where like it's like the he she takes off like the Edward Norton's the King Baldwin is dead. And uh-huh. she takes off the mask and she sees the face and it's like a leprosy stricken face. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah. And so it's like, she can't imagine her, like, she doesn't want her son to go through what, you know, that character went through. Yep. And apparently this is like the biggest thing in the director's cut is I don't believe this was in the theatrical. What? I don't know how. I don't know how it wasn't in the theatrical. I feel like that's like such a, this like moves some well, it's an important he, plot he, point. He dies, but it isn't. It's how he dies. Mm, gotcha. I think is like what's cut, and but also what how he dies is so big for her character to understanding her character and like why she like she like shapes her head and becomes like V for Vendetta. Yeah, it is so. That is kind of funny that she does have like the 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 uh, pre medieval equivalent right. to like a haircut cutting scene. Ban it. Ban it for movies. It's over. The emotional haircut scene. That it's always get rid of it. Get get out of it. Cut. Done. Done. Good. Yeah. I'm I want to cut. I'm gonna cut that scene out of future movies. Yeah. And gone. Red director's yeah. cutting that right now. We've seen it. It's lame. It's overdone. Yeah. Find a different way to show that somebody is emotionally upset visually. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. are other ways to do it. Other than the fee- always the female lead cutting her hair, yeah, which I 
believe does happen in the new Zach Braff movie with Florence Pugh. Oh, good grief. Oh, brother. Although, like, I feel like in this movie, at least, I kind of, like, it feels like a bigger deal than it would, like, in a, that Zach Braff Florence Pugh. Like, I feel like cutting your hair, like, well, she's most... also becoming like a nun. That's exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. So it's like that's that's the thing. It's like if you're gonna cut the hair, at least like have that something else comparable. But like I if... think there's also like this like very antiquated gender role thing of like a female, a beautiful like woman. The way to yeah. like really like, uh, like show that, that yeah. to show that she's having a bad time is to give her a bad haircut. <laughs> so dumb. It is truly. That's so funny because like there was one thing though when we were watching Dark Knight Rises. This is why it's on my mind. We watched it the other day. Jen was like, "Anne Hathaway's hair doesn't matter what like if Gotham is under control, she's getting it styled nonstop. She looks great, like nonstop <laughs> all the way through this movie." Like, and I was like, "Yeah, she does. Yeah, uh, yeah. her hair is perfectly coiffed. No There's matter no, embar- how, no matter no embargo, no ban on like." Yeah, you know, a good hairstylist. Yeah, and <laughs> conditioners and creams and whatnot. Yeah, that stuff's fine. Yeah, that's food, what those guys, probably... those guys, that's what they're bringing in the military. <laughs> you know, that's what's being imported is Vidal Sassoon and shit like that. <laughs> that's <laughs> where they're sending to the police officers in, yeah. the, in the mine. Just they're all going to come out with perfect, uh, perfectly quaffed pompadours. Uh, uh, it's, it's a movie. Who cares? But like, but they did that with her in that lame is too. Like, yeah, did, you know, and it's like. You know, it, like the way to torture a woman is to cut her hair. Yeah, Fuck we gotta off. get good. Yeah, that's, ban all that. that. That's all that should be banned. Come on. You know what? I want I want the movie to start off with their hair being short, and then and get she... more luxurious. Yeah, <laughs> that bring it the other way around. We're bringing it back. Or yeah, the other the flip side. She gets extensions. She gets, she gets extensions. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they do that scene like this is gonna make me feel much better. I feel worse, and they're like taping their hair back on. <laughs> that's that's like true lunatic behavior. I want to see that. I do that. Yeah, I would be intrigued if a character cuts their head in the with like scotch tape all over their head. <laughs> I fucked up. I fucked oh, up. No, oh no! no. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right, that was weird, but that was a tangent. Was anyway, we haven't even got to that part of the movie. But so she like wants to put. She saw how tortured of a life Edward Norton had, yeah, with leprosy. So she wants. She's not thinking about who ascends to the crown necessarily. She's mm-hmm. only thinking about relieving her young son of the possibility of pain. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting. That's interesting. Yes, that's that's really interesting. She's so blinded by her seeing her child in pain. I mean, we saw it this week. Our daughter got really sick this week, and I saw it with like Jen. Like, it's a beautiful thing. Like the mama bear protective side that you yeah. see. Um, but you know, she goes to an extreme in this, and she poisons her son before yeah, like... he before the leprosy can really take a hold of him. Right, it's truly, yeah, it is like a sad, but yeah. it's like a, you can tell, like it's like she doesn't want his her son to like live the life that Edward Norton lived, and she puts like yeah, yeah. those two little drops in his ear. Yeah, poison in the ear. You don't see that too often. I like that. 
Yeah, that's the ear, fun po- little... ear poison. I've never. I've, you've seen eye poison. You've seen mouth poison. Nose poison. Ear poison. No. Nah. Ear, ear nose, and throat poison. Doctor, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh so he passes away, and Guy ascends to the throne. Uh oh, bad news. Mm. All around, he's immediately like, "Let's go. We're taking King. We're we're going to attack King Saladin." And Orlando Bloom is like, "My man." You're walking into a real, real problem there. Yeah. That's bad news. Like, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. You should not do that. His army's better than our army is. God, these guys are such dig. It is like nice having to see these guys like make their, ma- you know, they have, have their, uh, you know, just like eat crow. Like it's really, if it is like kind of uh, as sad as it is on one level, because it is just like they're truly marching to their own death. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why, like, when David Thewlis is going with, he's like, why, why are you going? You know this is wrong. And David Thewlis is because he's, like, this angel figure. He knows he's walking into certain death, and he's accepted it. Yep. So they get there. One issue I had, you spent all this money, all this time in this movie. Can we see them, they're losing, we only see the aftermath of their losing battle. We don't see the battle. That is a bummer. Although, I did like that we saw, like, just how ill-equipped and foolish, like, the fact that, like, oh, by no. half like they're, they're like, like they're out of water. Yeah. Oh, they're and they're all getting cramps because they're walking through the desert. <laughs> yeah, they're walking through the desert in like full chainmail. Total no. lunatic Total, behavior. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, it's like it, it, you kind of love to see it because you want to see these guys eat crow, like you say. And do yeah. they ever so much? Oh, it should be noted too. They capture King Saladin's like sister, and Brandon Gleason like slits her throat. Just, yeah, so uh, it is just one of those things where it's like, they did it to themselves. Yeah, like they, they, yeah. yeah. hubris, man, it's, you know, that's classic mm-hmm. in this story and classic in history. It's this adv- globalist adventurous adventurism hubris. Mm-hmm. That we think we're going to, like, spread the gospel, and all we're doing is causing more of a bloodshed. Yeah. Leave it alone. Leave it leave, alone. Leave Stay it alone. in Italy. Have some crab, dude. Yeah, yeah go to a good restaurant. <laughs> yeah, go to go, go to a good restaurant. Have some... uh... yeah. Anyway, so um, they get smoked in this battle scene. The king utterly like Brennan Gleason. His demise in this sequence is mm. dies like six times. Gets annihilated like. Yeah, he, he wanted yeah. him to. He wanted him to get it. He was a bad guy. Like it is like yeah, it is like almost comparable to Saladin doing pulling him a Gruber. Yeah, <laughs> like we're only, the only thing we're missing is like one of the one of the captains of Saladin's forces just pulling out a, a six hour submachine gun and just like blasting yeah blasting Reynolds <laughs> and just firing a rocket launcher at him to really. <laughs> Blow him up. Everyone clapping. Uh, they they don't ki- they capture Guy but don't kill him. They just humiliate him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Which love the humiliation. Love the humiliation. It's good. It's exactly what you want from this. Yeah. This guy d- doesn't deserve death. He deserves to be embarrassed. That is like the great yeah. justice of this film is that like yeah he has to live the world as a goober. Like he has yeah, to yeah, like he's a loser. He's a loser. Yeah. He's a huge loser. And like yeah, yeah and, and nothing. We should bring this back. If a general gets captured, bring him to the front of the army 
on a donkey backwards. With That's like a, a very... weird with a weird hat. <laughs> with a weird yeah, hat. Like yeah. a dunce cap or something like that. <laughs> it's like a dunce cap. And like a suck. sign around their neck that says, I suck. <laughs> like that. Yeah, I have a I'm a goober. Like I <laughs> lose. I lose I lost. I'm the loser. Stinky loser man. Stinky loser man. <laughs> I wear adult diapers, and I am currently carrying a poopy one. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, bring that yeah. back. That's good. It's very funny. So, what a, yeah, like, good. it's very good. The the you know what the most powerful weapon is shame. So, oh, dude, yeah, way more he... powerful than a knife or a sword. Shame. Yep. Oh God, yeah. So they capture him and. Orlando is totally aware of it. And he's getting everybody ready. Uh, he knows that it's on. That basically mm-hmm. King Saladin is now, it is a green light. He's been attacked. He's going to take Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so Orlando, like, it's now his time for ins- inspirational speeches, um, clever battle. He's got to be clever in battle mm-hmm. because they are outnumbered. But they've got the walls of Jerusalem to protect them, and this leads to fiery arrows, rolling towers that are rolled up to the walls of Jerusalem so they can get in. Oh, weapons you had no idea even existed back then, that everybody's got them, and it is on. And what we get is a like 30-minute non-stop battle sequence to close this movie out. Rocks. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's basically like, yeah, it's like a better version of like, or a different version, I guess, of like the Helm's Deep and like the Two Towers. It's just, it's very satisfying. Yeah, and there's like guys on top of guys. Like, there's <sighs> so many dead bodies that they're like literally crawl. Like, at the end, Orlando Bloom is like laying in this pit of dead people. It's, yeah. And he has like climb is, out of it, practically. It's it like is crazy. Yeah. Obviously, it's not like war is terrible, but it like, as just watching a movie and wanting to see like battle cool. sequences and it's stuff. Like, it's like, yeah. It's very exciting and visceral yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, um, meanwhile, Ava Green has fallen into like utter despair mm-hmm. because she did kill her son. Um, and it's all coming down. And, she also is like what's also interesting. She's used to being royalty, and at this point, there is no royalty left. This is mm-hmm. we're all just in a bloodthirsty defense that we're yeah. probably going to lose. Like the, yeah, the uh, the higher up, uh, like the bishop or whatever, is constantly like begging, like uh, oh, and Jeremy, con- Jeremy Irons like takes off. He's just oh, like my mouth. I'm gone. Peace. Yeah. And you can't honestly, he, you know, Orlando Bloom like uh, he doesn't even like he doesn't even bury no. Will. He gets it. He like he's gone, and you never see him again. He just takes off. Yeah, he's he's, in, he's, yeah. he's in Cyprus chilling somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he's like having like mimosas in Cyprus. <laughs> and um, oh, it should be noted, Orlando Bloom finds um, David Thewlis's body mm. in in that in that other. But he died. Yeah. Uh, so Ava Green shaves her head and she just becomes like a nun feeding the poor. Mm-hmm. You know, as the battles are going on, they're like, "Aren't you?" Right. you? <laughs> She's like, "Who are you? I'm nobody." Well, you know, you're 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 the princess. You just yeah. got your hair. Oh, also, person talking to her. Guess who returns, baby? It's the damn grave digger from the very <gasps> beginning. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The the one of the grave. Di- he's joined up and he gets a redemption arc. 
somehow. Which rules. Which it's, it's terrific. It's so crazy that this character who had like three lines in the beginning of the movie inexplicably appears Returns in like the final hour for the Crusades and becomes a major player. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. Um, they do battle. It's like I love um. So like, the best directors get this. You can't be samey in your battle sequences or your fight sequences. Each one has to add a new wrinkle mm-hmm. to things. So the first one is like arrow oriented and fire oriented. Mm-hmm. Second portion of it, they roll up these giant towers to cross over and it becomes like elevated hand to hand combat on the top of the walls. And the third one, they're going to break down the wall and it's just going to be like dudes running at dudes. Yeah. Kind of like combat. And all of it like escalates. And we know at the end, like, they're going to break down this wall and Orlando Bloom and his crew are like, this could be bad. Yeah. This could be very bad. Pretty much everybody dies except for Orlando Bloom on his side. Yeah. It's pretty much like the only players left at this point are like Orlando Bloom, uh, the bit explicably the Bishop, I guess he's just hiding somewhere. And then, uh, Eva Green and, uh, I think like the bald guy is like, uh, yeah, he's number two guy. Amalric. He's still around. I like that guy too. Yeah, he was too. Like, yeah, not as not as fun as the first goons that we meet, but he's like a solid, like you know, second. Uh, he's a solid number two to yeah. to Orlando. Good beefy boy. Yeah, for, uh, for him to be around, and um, so they get squashed, and uh, Orlando. Oh, oh, should be know about the bishop being a we- weasel. Uh, Ridley's um does not have a high opinion of religious folks. Yeah, it's it feels with this movie. He, oh, for sure. Well, like yeah, yeah especially when like, they get to the point with like the with the bishop, where he's like, you know, we could just like you know convert for a moment and then we'll repent later. No worries, dude. Yeah, it's all no worries. yeah. It's like <laughs> eh, no loser, loser fight. <laughs> yeah, in some ways even somehow slimier than although Reynold shows his true colors in the end too. So like yeah, yeah they're all slimy. <laughs> uh, so um, Orlando Bloom. Another interesting thing about this movie and this character, his big heroic gesture is to give up. Like, a, which, you know, he gives up which, Jerusalem. Which is kind of cool, planet. actually. Yeah. And so, and, but then they have this kind of like nod to today. It's like, no, we'll be fighting this battle for for another thousand years. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's like, like, you'll be like, we're going to fight for Jerusalem, you know, to this day. Oh, know. yeah. Jerusalem is nothing. Jerusalem is everything. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, uh, Orlando, they have to have an exodus from Jerusalem. Uh, Orlando Bloom runs in David Green, who decides she's, you know, they're like, you can't be despondent because we'll hold hands and we're, we can actually be together. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and they go back to his hometown in France. Where they run into King Richard, who's going down to Duke to retake Jerusalem, and he's like, "Are you Balian, the the heroic warrior king of Jerusalem?" He's like, "I'm a blacksmith, man. I'm not doing I'm, this. I'm done. It, I'm it's done. straight up. It actually kind of reminds me of like that scene in season five of The Wire, where like uh, Dookie like runs into like Poot, 
mm-hmm. who's like now working at like a Foot Locker. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I just got out of that life, man. Ain't nothing. Oh, like, yeah, I'm it's not like mad. after all his after all his friends are like dead. And, yeah, like, yeah. But what jail. I love is that like the rousing music begins and Ava Green and Orlando Bloom just like ride off and I feel like oh I feel adventure and like like romance yeah. and everything we felt like and cut to credits and I was like is that movie really good? It was a really good time. I like, dude I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It, I would it, put this in the upper end of Ridley. To be I, perfectly it, honest. It's like very like I feel like it's the world building's a lot of fun. Everything feels very lived in and tactile. There's a lot of like great sets and like even though characters, like the, the characters and story all do what you need. Oh, it should be noted uh, real quick here that Orlando Bloom and Guy have a big sword fight that apparently is not in the other one. That this is oh. a director's cut thing too. Great sword fight. Orlando wins, but he doesn't kill. Doesn't kill that- Guy. And that's so important. That's like, man, how do you not include? I guess like they just they need the movie to be under a certain length. Or, but it's just like that adds so much spice. Like that whole like this, that this guy who is like gonna just he's gonna live in shame for the rest of his life. He yep. just like yep, and it's it rules. It's satisfying. I mean, I guess you could have left him and just assumed he died in the battle, you know, with his dunce cap. Uh, but it does give it does tie things together. Mm-hmm. The these the, all of the stories, um, this is a uh, yeah, it's a top notch movie. It's rich, it's dense. Really gets to really let all of his interests fly in this mm-hmm. movie. I I I think we had gotten to this point. Of like, who is Ridley Scott with some of these recent movies? Like, yeah, Matchstick Man does not feel like even if it's good, it's like what's the deal with this? Why'd you do this? Yeah, it doesn't like, doesn't feel of his world typically uh, comparatively. Yeah, and get ready for next week's movie, or next the next Ridley oh, movie yeah. we're cover. Which you know, and speaking of which, we'll talk about that in a moment here. But um, this one feels like I am at home here, and I get to expand on it. This is everything I'm actually interested in. These historical movies, starting with Duelists, going through 1492, Gladiator, this one, and then. To come, we've got um, Robin Hood, Exodus, Gods and Kings, Last Duel, and Napoleon. I think this is what, more than sci-fi, what he really, um, this is his home base to me. Yeah, I 100. Well, and I think, like, one of the coolest things about directing is you get, to have the opportunity to just create these little worlds like you had like yeah you get to like and it's like no one like the fact that like ridley gets to work on this scale like the scale of this movie is so big it's It's huge it's It's so huge i was like they they shoot this movie like two years like it felt like it like it's just it's so big yeah, it's so massive, and the sets are huge, and like they they're clearly filming in like you know Morocco, probably even in Jerusalem. Sometimes I'm not sure how filming is like there. I don't know. What, what do you and know? This where they... was they shot in um, combination, I believe, of Spain and Morocco. Ah, perfect. Yeah, but it is so like places where like it, you can really feel the history. Like, it, like yeah. it just it just it feels lived in, and it's just yeah. I don't know. Oh, and by this point, like Ridley is like buddies with like the king of the kings of these countries because he shot there so many times. Oh my god. Like, yeah, and, uh, the, and, and the goal for this movie, I mean, uh, we should talk about some of the um, 
some of the talent that went into the craft in this film. But I mean, names like David Lean and Akira Kurosawa were coming up when they Makes that's sense. what they were gunning for. Mm-hmm. Size of this movie. So uh, cinematography was uh, John Matheson, who mm-hmm. has worked with, did Gladiator, did Hannibal, did Matchstick Men, um, and this was uh, did Robin Hood with Ridley Scott as well. But um, I think Ridley's kind of gone in, in a different direction with his DPs since then. But his uh, Matheson, his most recent movie is. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So he's still in the game. Yeah, he's he's still rocking it. Yeah, he's got like he did Logan. He did Logan. Yeah. That movie was shot well. Great, uh, great, it, great large scale cinematographer. Yeah, there there is, yeah. And and like he has like a fun, like his aesthetic is like very there's like a, an, a peculiarness to his aesthetic that I appreciate. Like sometimes there's like a hyper realistic quality to what's happening like it just uh, yeah. or especially when like you'll have like like these crazy visuals and then like enya-esque music it's a yeah. lot of enya-esque music playing in the background okay, okay yeah henry gregson williams who's scored outside of hans zimmer is probably our most frequent person yeah for a uh, composer um and yeah in this there's either the dun 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 or the enya style mm-hmm. for these movies this is this leans hard on the enya like, yeah. you know, the and like Lisa Gerard and yeah, like Mike, you know, Michael Mann loves it, too. Like, oh, for sure. They all love this stuff. It, it's it's a kind of an easy way to symbolize, like. The politics and weight of war type. Right. You know, and masculinity, emotional masculinity and so forth. Um, but good score. Not a not obtrusive. To me. No, I liked it. I liked. I, I like it. I think it, it felt like kind of like a final because I feel like this is like one of the last movies that kind of went hard on the Lisa Gerard esque stuff. Like, yeah, I feel like that kind of died. So it was like a nice swan song almost for that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think this is um, this was kind of one of the final movies of that cycle that Gladiator started of kind of mm-hmm. the because like but they also did like the Ben Hur remake. They did the um, what was the the. They've done a. They did the 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 immortals. Was it? Was that what it was called? Oh, so that was like Tarsum Singe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's yeah. That was the immortals. Oh yeah, Clash of the Titans too. Although yeah. those were like a little more like uh... another one. Unleash the Kraken. Another the Unleash Liam Neeson. Oof. <laughs> another. <laughs> yeah. And oh, it was as we know, like Liam Neeson's in this cycle of playing father figure mentors, fathers yeah. or mentors. Um, you know, two years later he does Taken. And that yeah. is where he's been pretty much ever since. <laughs> yeah, he's in the Takens that he go. He switches kind of from like father being the or father figure being his primary mode to action star being his to, primary mode. Yeah, well, dad action star. Like, yeah, why why train someone when I could just be the guy who does this themselves? <laughs> yeah, it seems more fun. It's kind of weird that he's doing it later in life, but hey, it works. But I remember when I saw the saw the trailer to Taken, I was like, I love this. Like, why is like yeah, let's see it. Let's see Liam Neeson kick heads. St- we didn't realize it was going to start an entire dad action genre. Oh yeah, like dads, like like we were saying before. Like I could do that. Like that's a, all the viewers have taken. Like you know what happens if my daughter gets kidnapped? I'm going to definitely go in and kill them all. I can yeah. get her back, definitely, without question. I could do that. 
I can do it. I can do that. I'm not, I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'm not going to whine to the cops. <laughs> yeah, it's my it's my God given right as an American. To... As, an Amer- as an American, I can take back my daughter. But... Yeah, <laughs> I can. I can oh, so I can, that is yeah. all that is so conservative. Like save your daughter from the sex trade. <laughs> take it upon yourself to do it. It's like... Yeah, it is very. It's very death wish. It's very. Yeah, it's <laughs> very. Yeah, it's the. Yeah, it's all that. Like, yeah, death wish was the OG of oh for sure this style too. Like, it's like yeah, it's like Death Witch and hardcore. Hardcore. I like hardcore go because it feels like that's like a more somehow that feels a little more realistic. Like you would really... because the scene, the scene that's been memed of George C. Scott like absolutely freaking out when he sees his daughter like not only in porn, but the thing about hardcore, which is interesting, it's a choice from his daughter. He thinks she's been kidnapped, but actually she wants to get away from him. Like, that's what makes that movie more interesting. Like, For it sure. isn't, like, this broad, like, it's like, no, he, he wants to get away from his tyrannical Christianity. Yeah, and and the fact, too, it's less, like, about him, like, breaking down, like, you know, walls and, like, fight. although that does happen later but, in the movie. But that's, wrong. What, that's what Tarantino says is the problem with the movie. And he actually got Paul Schrader to admit that it was a cop-out, too. The end of the movie... Sorry, this is now the hardcore podcast, I guess. Is she willfully goes back with George C. Scott at the end of the movie? She should not. He should do all of that and she should still shun him. Yeah. And that is an awesome movie. Like For that sure. is honest and awesome. If yeah. like Well, and the fact that like his character like dip not only is he like doing like the masculine tough stuff, he like debases himself as well. Like there's like that sequence where like he pretends to be like a sleazy producer, and it's like you feel for the dude because it's just like he has to sit here and just go through all this. Like and it's against all of his like like claimed morality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's he's totally rude. See, that's the thing. That's the thing that the Taken movies have like. There's no, no, there's no point where Liam Neeson ever feels like he's selling yeah. his soul to achieve. No. Yeah, even if I, yeah, I guess he like, I guess kills better baddies, so it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it has no, yeah, and there's like no drama because of that. Like yeah, he's gonna yeah. do it. He's not gonna get killed. His daughter's not gonna die. Like he's. It's just how is he gonna do it? Is the question. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with like. I feel like that's the thing with John Wick, too, is just, like, you're watching, like, people just want to watch, like, they want guilt-free ways to watch people beat people up. And that's why I kind of think, and I know this, talk about a hot take, I actually think the John Wick movies are kind of boring. I know that's... No, I... Hot take. I kind of... I kind of... I'll be honest. I'll be very... I I like them. I do like I think there's like um something satisfying about seeing like some fights, you know, some good like you know, I think Chad's a good uh like action like, director. Yeah. But I also like the stakes kind of feel everything kind of feels heightened to the point of absurdity. And it gets a going back to fights, like my favorite fight in all the John Wick movies is the first one. In every like in the movie, because like that's the most exciting one. But by the end, it's like, I feel like I've seen this a little bit with the fights. So I'm like, yeah, they get well, a little like they get tired to me in a different way. Well, there was something novel about the first film, well, because like there was something novel about like uh like a you know prima donna mob boss mob boss's son beating up the wrong dude, killing mm-hmm. the wrong dog, and then like. 
having like the the ostensibly who should have been like the heavy in every any other movie, the Russian mobster being just like, "What the fuck did you do? Why did yeah. you kill? I have all the dogs in all of the cities. You had to no. kill John Wick's." Like, yeah, I, I like the first one the best because it's like the quaintest. It's of it. yeah, it gets a little too like. Like the, there are times where the world building is kind of fun and it's silliness, like yeah. like the whole like administration being like like there's like this like weird like <laughs> office filled with like all like like rockabilly people, but they're also kind of like fifties traditional rock. <sighs> yeah, and like Lawrence Fishburne's crew, and like yeah, Jason Manzukis. You TikTok. Oh, who can forget the immortal character TikTok man? TikTok, yeah. A character who, like, it felt like they gave him, like, a fucking poster. And so I went into John Wick 3 thinking, oh, hell yeah, Jason Minzukas is going to have this, this big, meaty time. role. Yeah, <laughs> and he gets, like, one line. Not fair. False yeah. advertising. False advertising. We want more We want more Minzukas. Give me more TikTok, man. Yeah. Throw in Nick Kroll, too. He's in, um, Manzoukas is in Infinite, the Antoine Fuqua, Mark Wahlberg movie that we're going to watch at some point. I have no idea what he does in it, but I want to um, see it. I'm excited. Wanna... I'm excited for that. I want him to, like, just become a normal act. I want him to just make the make the plunge. Just start doing weird supporting character roles. Yeah. I, I would love that. Uh, anyway. Man. Yeah. So, Kingdom of Heaven. Um, oh, and uh, Dodie Dorn was the editor. Oh, Memento. And editing is an interesting thing in this movie because obviously we're talking about the director's cut here and, you know, had to edit it down for this, you know, other version of it. Um, Kingdom of Heaven was released theatrically on May 6th of 2005. They considered Mm -hmm. it a summer movie. They were definitely hoping for gladiator type numbers with it. Mm. Um... They uh, they didn't get that. <laughs> no, it's a box office disappointment. It earned forty seven point four million, or uh, against its large budget of one hundred thirty million, did better in Europe, and so its total box office was about two hundred eleven million. Which, but advertising and all that, it didn't it didn't get awards. Um, Scott blamed it on poor advertising which presented the film as a adventure with a love story rather than an examination of religious content um also noted though that um the theatrical version is less simply less sophisticated and watered down compared to the rich director's mm-hmm. cut which yeah. the extended director's cut has been celebrated like mm. this is the one like we mentioned at the top of this episode people really really like this version of it and i think rightfully so it expands this world to where it rightfully needs to be mm. in its scale and scope and you know full blo- full blooded story of the thing um a lot of uh Scott anticipated a lot of other criticism from historians with this movie. Storybooks are what we base our movies on and what we base our characters on, not documentaries. <laughs> you know, they're telling a story here. Yeah, um, I, I'm like, fine. I think like, and I think they, um, 
It's just like a fun. It's a fun movie. I don't know. I think like the the expectation of a of a movie of this. I don't think the. I don't think they ever. Uh, I don't think there's like it should be. There was an expectation for this movie to well, be. Like, I, and I think like the homework police of today would have gone at it even harder. Like and movies are not documentaries. Documentaries. Yeah. My documentary movies are documentaries. We want to see a rousing adventure. The word based, it doesn't say a true story. It says based on a true story. There yeah. are elements. Based is a, legally speaking, very broad term. It could mm-hmm. be based on a true story, and it's exactly that. Or based on a true story, it's, what was the one? Domino. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be domino. <laughs> like, where it takes the most basic of elements. The barest of bones. <laughs> the barest of bones. This movie, though, has found life as a director's cut. It's as the director's cut. You know, I talked to a friend the other day. He's like, the director's cut, man. Like, that was like becomes top five Ridley. But the theatrical is minor Ridley. Yeah. And. Interesting that that can happen. I'm still skeptical of director's cuts, but this one is definitely the one to watch if you're going to yeah. check it out this week, folks. If you've got three hours and fifteen minutes for this movie, it's a long, it's a long boy, it's a long. But like, yeah, it's like a fun, it's a fun time, and I think it is like the good. It's the rare example of like can like resuscitate a film that has been edited to the bone then I'm yeah. all for them. If it's like, yeah, if it's a Heaven's Gate, if it's a, you know, if it's a Kingdom of Heaven, I'm yeah. all for that, yeah. Other films with Heaven in the title? The um, one thing I wanted to note, too, was the, um, you know, post-9-11 Iraq war adventurism probably um, made people a little queasy. And oh, how- yeah. They kind of the entire idea is presenting that this is an endless conflict and maybe we should do something about it and not seeing who's a goodie, who's a baddie. You know? Yeah. I think like a conservative watches the movie, they're like, why don't you just explicitly state that the the Muslim characters are the baddies? Uh, mm-hmm. Liberal watches it, they're like, why did you explicitly not state that they were you know, colonialist adventurers? You know, doesn't do any of that on either side. Yeah, and I think that that I I'm like I like just presenting. We mm-hmm. report, you decide, kind of style. Yeah, I'm like that, and I think like I don't know, like it's also it's always weird trying to like take our politics and like as much as like so much as much as history repeats itself, as much as things like. Taking like what we're going through currently and grafting them onto this conflict from a thousand years ago, I don't know if that's like. I think it's just yeah. Let it breathe. Let like yeah. you know. Let everything speak for it. And I think like they, to the film's credit, I think they did like for the most part a solid job of like portraying like like the Saracens or whatever. It's not like they're definitely not like um like they don't obviously don't get as much screen time as. Uh, of Zorlando Blumengate. The French yeah. do, but the, yeah. The French do, but they're also like, I don't know, like definitely they seem like the straight, they definitely seem like the more sober minded of they the two do, groups. Because yeah. they are not the aggressors unless they are attacked 
or unless they yeah. feel they need to defend. They are not attacking Jerusalem willy-nilly. They are like every choice that they make. Guy attacks them and kills the guy's sister. What do you expect? Yeah, dude! <laughs> A hundred percent. Also, that yeah, they're the ones getting invaded. It's like yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's and, and I think um. So Ebert thought this was a deeper movie than Gladiator. I think Ebert read that correctly. I think it mm-hmm. is a deeper movie. I think they're trying to say more with this movie, but for the most part, um, critics were not thrilled with mm-hmm. the theatrical cut. This got thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The theatrical cut. Although it's an objective and handsomely presented take on the Crusades, Kingdom of Heaven lacks depth. Mm. Um, I think that all that's solved in um, this director's cut. I can see what they mean, though. I said it earlier when I watched it on DVD. Um, you know, when it came out, it you know was in one ear out the other, and it was confusing. Right. Yeah. Now it's not. Now it works. So. Big Academy Academy recommendation. Oh, 100%. It's great. It was really good, this director's cut. Uh, We should explain real quick before we move on to close things out that um, what a roadshow version is. Yeah. Uh, So back in the early days of movie going like when. So you used to be able to just put out a movie because it was the Mm -hmm. only game in town. Then TV came along and they were petrified that the movie business was going to end because now it's for free at home. No. Does that ring true to another endless thousand year war (laughs) 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 going on today? Um, So they had to come up with all these gimmicks because they were convinced we need. So this is where like CinemaScope came from. This is where uh cinerama domes came from this is where 3d comes out of this is um all the way to like things like smell-o-vision and the william castle oh yeah like the tingle the tingler the, tingler, <laughs> the shaking seats and stuff, which again all the same shit today oh yeah like that to convince you to like leave your house to like but unfortunately now the movies are just on netflix too at this point yeah it makes it a little harder you've opened the floodgates of free but one of the things they did with these road shows they made an event so it's usually for like a longer movie they would have it would open with an overture of the music that you're about to see and then there's also intermission with music and it just became like this giant thing so you watch like spartacus and it plays like that um most recent example uh tarantino did bring it back for the hateful eight to do the roadshow yeah. version there, which, much like Grindhouse, confused most modern audiences. <laughs> you know, it's because it is a fetishistic attempt at something antiquated mm-hmm. to, to, to do it. But I, I saw the roadshow of Hateful Eight a couple times and loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Kingdom of Heaven would have been really cool to have come out in the theaters in this roadshow version. In its initial, but they just weren't in the place for it. It's clear what the studio wanted was Gladiator 2. Yeah. And in 2024, they're getting Gladiator 2. So. Yep. No matter <laughs> no matter what cost. Yeah. No matter what cost. Yeah. And so it's an interesting tale, but it turned out 
to be a real winner and I think one of Ridley's best movies and has me excited for this next state for these next ones to come for him to I want like Tony Scott's filmography so clear to me mm-hmm. like his interests who he is how he progressed Ridley is just everywhere which of course leads to his very next film after Kingdom of Heaven movie I know I haven't seen I don't think you have seen um I don't think a lot of people have seen it a lot of people have seen it and that is of course the 2006 romantic comedy a good year with Russell Crowe um I'm I'm so ready we're not going to be recording early for that one because we're going to be popping open some Merlots of our own, I think. And yeah, uh, oh yeah. We're, we're enjoying getting some, some wine. Enjoying some Coppola wine as we uh take a look at a good year. Um but first we next week we got a very awesome, very special episode of the show. It is the taking of podcast one two three episode. Ooh. We're watching Tony Scott's Taking a Pelham one two three and its predecessors, the nineteen seventy four New York New York classic with Walter Matthau and the nineteen ninety eight I can't believe it's real TV movie with Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> I cannot uh, believe it either. I can't believe it exists. It's real. Uh, Tony's is on Netflix right now. Groovy, check it out. You all have Netflix. We know that. Yeah. Uh, the 74 is apparently on HBO Max and Tubi. Ooh. And the 1998 is on, as far as I can tell, it's on the Roku channel. If you have that, that's where I'll be watching. You have a Roku. If you have oh, a Roku, man. that's how I'll be watching it. Um, the Tony and the 74, also on Blu-ray. can be, you know, All these can be rented. I don't think there's a disc of the 1998 TV movie, but, you know, it's out there. Yeah, You'll, you can find it. Be creative. Join us for the marathon. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be wonderful. And then the week after that, it's time for Wine Country. We're watching a good year, which is on Stars right now. If you have Stars, there's also a DVD available. You can rent it. It has not made its way to Blu-ray. Oh no! I I can't believe he follows up Kingdom. What a wild man! Dude's dude's wild. He's just he's wild and he he plays he's to the beat of his own drum. I think he's I think he just likes he he just like challenges. I think he likes to challenge challenges himself. and work. He likes work. Yeah. Even though he probably should be doing these like David Lean style epic historical movies every six years. And yeah, he's not doing anything else. On like yeah, I'd be so stoked if like we got like two more napoleon-esque films out of him yeah Just, yeah like well we're gonna get one gladiator 2 and napoleon itself sight unseen yeah. there we go <laughs> i mean i think yeah that's gonna be a bang i'm knocking on wood just to ensure that it's a banger but it's, it. yeah, it's gonna be i'm it. feeling good i'm feeling good yeah. um if you are like man that the director's cut is indulgent claptrap i need mm-hmm. the streamlined yeah, <laughs> 2005 theatrical version. Give me the streamlined two and a half hour version. Yeah, the streamlined still long, still kind of yeah. boring. <laughs> at that check, point, it's yeah. That's <laughs> check in with us at the Academy Academy Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at the Academy Let us know, like, 
the hell with you guys. I don't need these extra deets. <laughs> I just want to see uh, sword fights. I just want to see the yeah. I but not, was ex- but... I was expecting a second rate gladiator, and what I got was a second rate gladiator, and I'm satisfied. <laughs> yeah, I got a uh, lukewarm Salisbury steak of a movie, and yummy. <laughs> also, if you like are like you guys are dumb dumps. We we I'm. Why did you stay in Italy? You're traitors and you're cowards. <laughs> let us I guess let us know if we're we knew we we you know you don't have to tell us you don't have to tell us we're cowards we knew that <laughs> yeah hey I mean hey man like don't don't knock it till you try it and I know, I'm talking man. about this crab and, yeah so I guess it's yeah we're getting to our crabs we're getting to our pizza <laughs> <laughs> so for Patrick I've thought we will see you next week on the Academy Academy uh, time to bite into this big spicy meatball. Mm, somebody feed Valiant. <laughs>